This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Welcome back, party people. Are we ready to have some fun? Well, ready or not, it's party time, and here we are today, August 13th, 2017, to celebrate the birth of my new gaming PC. Come with me now on a journey of adventure, suspense, love, and betrayal as I take you through my hopefully not boring story of building a modern, mid-tier gaming PC. Now, before we start, remember, if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes, and be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter, at WAG Podcast. Also, don't forget to send your constructive criticism and questions or suggestions to wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. Gonna take you for a ride. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Now, don't jump down my throat here, gang. I am no expert in PC builds. I don't keep up with the developments in GPUs and CPUs and how many triangles they can push at 8K resolution for $12,000. I just need a new PC setup that can run games at a solid 60 frames per second at 1080p resolution. Now, recycling is a major component of PC culture. You don't just toss the whole box in the S-can and start from scratch. You figure out what can be reused in the next build and ditch whatever slows it down. In my case, I was going to keep, well, my case, (laughs) but also the power supply, fans, and I have a older physical hard disk drive that saves, I don't know, around $200 right from the start, if all this stuff can be used down the line. But... That also means I'm dumping the old motherboard, processor, RAM, and graphics card that I had. All of which being too slow to meet most of the minimum requirements of current games, as well as being incapable of hitting my personal performance goals. Now, with my modest goals in mind, and some target games like Forza, P-Cars 2, and some indie games, I set out to review some recent-ish build guides to see where we stand. I had seen a recent build guide from PC Gamer, but... Also went and dug up an older one focused on VR from CNET. Again, don't be judgy. This isn't a conversation on the trustworthiness of any website. I'm just using these guides to get a feel for the different specs and model numbers they throw around and then have my own list of requirements to shop off of. A couple of funny things were immediately apparent. First, the PC Gamer list actually recommended Pentium processors for their low to mid-range builds. The tiny bit that I know is that nothing is acceptable below multi-core, and I think those were dual-core at best. We're talking like six, seven, eight cores now. So I just figure in some configurations, a chunky 3.5 gigahertz dual-core like that can still handle some weightlifting, but really represents the 
like final upper limit for such setups. In other words, it won't perform well for as long as minimum requirements advance. The second funny thing is that the PC Gamer list only has passing mentions of VR, and it's actually instead focused on maximum resolution. Their basis is always 4K resolution at 60 frames as a standard, with 8K forward looks. So by comparison, the CNET VR list has more, I don't know, kind of pathetic recommended GPUs. CNET's list is from, I don't know, sometime last year, which just shows how fast the PC market moves, I guess, which is gross. But it also gives me some insight into some potentially super cheap components to look at. Now, my next step was to fire up Excel and start my spreadsheet. Yeah, I'm that guy. I've got all the details like model numbers, stats, prices from various resources sorted into columns and whatnot. And I plan to use these cheat sheets now to match up to items I can find online and make a final shopping list. Once I had a good compass setting in mind of what I wanted to achieve, it was time to recruit. I have a lot of friends and acquaintances online and off, but the closest, newest, and most well-balanced of the lot was my buddy Max. He's now been on this very podcast and sure to be again, but he's also the resident PC guru. Max has built many of his own PCs and for a time made side money fixing and helping upgrade other people's computers. Perfect for a soundboard for me to bounce everything off of. I let him know what I was thinking and his first questions were actually the best and most educated I've ever heard. Number one, what is your budget? Number two, what do you want to be able to display? In that order, very important that. He pointed out that most of the time people start with what kind of graphics and performance they want, which starts you off down a very spendy trail. And that usually ends up with major disappointment for the potential buyer. No one sets out to spend $4,000 on a single computer, but that's what it really takes to build a monster that supports 4K and 100 plus FPS and VR and future proofing and everything else that's possible. So knowing from the start what my budget was, we could then actually talk about expectations. This is the first ball buster of the whole ordeal. I wanted only basic performance in my mind. 1080p resolution, 60 frames. Again, can't be that crazy, right? I mean, this is the age of 4K everything everywhere, so I feel like I must be the minority looking for last year's kind of standard toys, right? Well, unfortunately, once you start looking at specs and performance expectations on specific games, the road gets a lot more narrow. Since I needed so many components to make this thing work well, it was going to be a major give and take. A superpowered graphics card pushes you right over like $300, and even into cards that single-handedly exceed my budget, meaning no motherboard, processor, RAM, hard drive, or anything else that I actually needed. The problem is, just upgrading your graphics card on an older computer won't really net you any actual performance improvements. Other things like the, the main CPU and older, slower RAM and old hard drives create bottlenecks where the rest of the system can't actually keep up with the monster GPU that you spent all that money on. So, for me, it was back to the tables and charts and stats and YouTube. It's worth the time, if you're setting graphics goals, to actually hit up YouTube of all things and watch. There's hundreds of thousands of comparison videos and you can find specific games and even then specific 
hardware configurations like video cards and stuff. So I went out and I looked up Forza Horizon 3, which is kind of a, a game I had as a, as a goal, a, I don't know, benchmark target for what I wanted to achieve. There was more than a few Forza Horizon 3 videos showing the game running on a bunch of different configurations, actually like split screen four at once, with links and whatnot to what equipment they were using for these setups. With all of this information in hand, I updated my spreadsheets, grabbed Max by his belt loop, and we headed down the highway to Fry's. We wanted to get hands-on with all these nasty bits I'd been peeking at online for what seemed like weeks now. And let me tell you, Fry's is an amazing fantasy land. As well as a dying dinosaur from a seemingly lost era. It felt like walking into a Toys R Us as, as like a little kid and seeing everything you could ever want or imagine, and then some. All for nerds and geeks, of course. It was basically a large portion of Amazon, but in the flesh. As we zigzagged through the nearly empty store, which is, I guess, easy to expect on a Wednesday afternoon, we were approached by almost every single employee in the store. They outnumbered customers at this point in time, but were, like, exceedingly nice and left us alone when we confirmed that we knew what we were doing. But the truly shocking bit came when we were debating the motherboards. Out of nowhere, a guy just comes up from behind and opened with the classic, I, I couldn't help it over here. But he recommended a certain motherboard that, I mean, it kind of fit what we were discussing with the, the processor and setup that I was looking at. So, I don't know, we just thanked him for the suggestion and he walked away. I realized later, he wasn't even an employee. He was just some random fellow nerd that actually was really just nice. <laughs> he just came up and offered his opinion on something. And to top it off, he wasn't a condescending prick ass about it. Is this real life? <laughs> so, after that shock wore off, we moved on to the video cards, or should I say, graveyard? Because all of this damn bit mining, this crunching code online with spared GPU power, where guys are making, like, I don't know, I, I don't think it's like hundreds of dollars a month, but it could be, but it's in Bitcoin and other pseudo money. Because of all this, there was nothing but bottom tier or $700 cards left on the shelf. Almost everything else in between had been sold to the bit trolls, basically. The most popular ones in the store even had warning signs that a person could only purchase a max of two cards per visit. Madness! So I did have a chance to look over a lot of the prices and talk it through with Max and came kind of to the sullen conclusion that I'd likely be stuck with a step below last year's top card. But whatever it, it should work for what i need and with the processor i was looking at i that i'd kind of decided on it should be solid for a couple of like graphics card only updates down the road if i have to so after that adventure in toyland i headed back online to shop out the best prices for what i'd picked out so first on the list an amd ryzen 5 1600 cpu with an as rock motherboard 8 gigabytes of RAM from whoever, a Samsung SSD, not SATA, wanted to get the M2 which mounts to the motherboard and is much faster, and finally an NVIDIA GTX 1050 Ti for the win graphics card. Again, higher tier CPU, last year's mid to high graphics card, and a moderately sized chunk of RAM and hard drive space, albeit super snappy solid state, not old turtle disc poo hard drive. 
All said, I was looking at around uh, 600 or so from Newager Amazon. Now for the next chapter. Support local businesses. That's what we all say, right? So in the age of internet that we live in, it's almost stupid not to make your big, complex, or weird purchases online. But computer stores are still a thing. We tried fries, but being a national corporation, their prices were pretty well inflated overall. But what about Joe Blow Small Town Shopmaster? If anyone should know how to milk a budget, you'd figure a place that lives the stuff would know best, right? And maybe have access to cheaper overall prices as they can control, like, literally the -the out-the-door price, right? Well, yes, but no. I'm not going to name them because that's just kind of classless, but I emailed the shop, the local shop by my house, explaining my plan, calling out that I wanted to push some business their way, you know. Little did they know that I could brag about it potentially on my very own podcast, but nay, my business was not desired this day. I could feel the weight of their fingers as they slowly lifted and collapsed on key after key to type out thanks, but no thanks. Not even an attempt at a quote or, hey, if you buy here, I'll throw an X, just a big, fat, lazy, nope. This is why the internet wins. But I don't know. I do get it. They have overhead too, and the money they might stand to make off the deal may not even be worth the work of ordering the parts, but now I'll also have them further down my list of callbacks when I need anything else. But hey, they'll be able to keep the lights on by charging 100 bucks a shot to get Minesweeper back up and running on Granny's Gateway. Right? C'est la vie. So, new egg, here I come. My shopping cart was still open on my sleeping laptop, so time to pull the trigger, right? Uh, no. Now we move into flip-flop forever time. Intel or AMD? I've always been an Intel guy for no reason other than the first time I had to choose. AMD was still kind of up-and-coming, unproven, but now they're second only to Intel and produce chips that are typically more capable and cheaper than their Intel counterparts. I had seen through my research that I was looking at, I don't know, around an i5 Intel chip to be anywhere near where I wanted to be, but after seeing the AMD stuff at Fry's and looking at comparisons online, they had me weak. I went back and forth between the two many times, just out of, I don't know, fear of the unknown. Of course, there's plenty of nitty-gritty differences, and I don't care to learn about or discuss them. The bottom line was, they are solidly dependable and cheaper. Intel has a better reputation, maybe, and infallible tech, but they charge much more for less. Also, their chip hierarchy is insanely bloated compared to AMD. AMD has, like, three tiers for the Ryzen chips, where Intel has... 428 different versions of the i3, i5, and i7 options. Good grief. So, in the end, I basically did the blindfolded dart to a map and finally just pulled the trigger on the AMD setup. Opting for, again, the Ryzen 5 1600 6-core chip for about $215. From what I could tell, it's their mid-to-high tier setup, just like Intel's i5 series. There was a boosted 1600X chip above this one, 
But from there, the jump was hundreds of dollars, like up to their their 7 Series, and then they just released like a, a thread burner that's insane. This decision then led me to investigate a few other motherboard options, which opens up a whole other can of worms. There are tons of motherboards out there and lots to differentiate them that really didn't matter to me. All I cared about was pricing and compatibility. You could go nuts in this area depending on how much you expect to do and be able to do in the future, like adding multiple cards and hard drives or lighting and cooling tech, but again, I didn't care about any of that. Price was king. I checked out the Tomahawk that the rando guy from Fry's had recommended earlier, but reviews for it were pretty tepid. I also found that I could save a few bucks by grabbing a bundle of the processor and motherboard together. This ended up leading me to the Fatality branded ASRock AB350. It's like 100 bucks by itself, and getting it with the Ryzen chip came in with a $15 discount, so sold! I completed my purchase with the rest of the boxes quickly checked. 8GB of G-Skills DDR4 RAM for 60 bucks. The GTX 1050 TIFTW GPU blah 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 for 170 bucks and the Samsung Evo M2 style SSD for 108. All for a grand total of 653 American dollars. Ugh. Budget? We don't need no stinking budget. Oh, no. <laughs> this is why building a PC sucks. So much money. Yes, there are plenty of shortcuts I could have taken, but every one comes with a performance cost. I could have gone with the lower tier CPU. There's that Intel 3.5 gig dual core chip out there for 80 bucks that does very well for its price. But again, how long will something so far behind already keep up? Or would it even run anything nearing current minimum specs? Then there's the SSD. Yes, I could get a slower physical disk drive, but it'd take longer to load everything. There's also really no room on the RAM except maybe dropping down to DDR3, but again, at the risk of needing to upgrade really soon anyway. So all that's left is the graphics card, and that's already old and not top-end at all, so what the hell? I guess the point is, this is never cheap if you want to game. Building a PS4 or Xbox One comparable PC can actually be done for the price of buying an off-the-shelf console, but that's not really what I was after in the end. I wanted 1080p graphics and 60fps. That really still does not exist on console except for a few, a very small number of titles. With all of that said and done, it was time for the dreaded waiting game of refreshing my tracking info every 10 minutes for 6 days to see where my parts were. In this period, all of the worst feelings creep in. Did I spend too much? Is it going to do what I expected? Could it have been done another way? Or cheaper? And that's when I stumbled across the Facebook liar. Just randomly one day, my friend commented on another guy's post on Facebook talking about the computer that he just built for only like 500 something dollars. It looked fairly up to date and I immediately called bullshit. After spamming Max about it and learning that it wasn't really bleeding edge, the guy ended up replying to my comment and said that he hadn't really bought any of it retail, like I had. He ended up spending days or weeks or more digging through friends and Craigslist to find used bits and pieces from all over hell. 
Phew, I really thought someone had beaten me at my own little game, but thankfully, the original post was just misleading. But man, did I want to barf. Another random event in WTF was a charge and credit for Rocket League that popped up on my invoices. The GPU I bought was supposed to come with a free copy of Rocket League, which is cool. But the way they do it is by charging you separately for the game and then putting the credit on the main invoice. So when I looked at my credit card statement, I totally spazzed out and emailed PayPal a new egg like a jerk just to find out what the hell was going on. It ends up it was just a total wash because I had expected to see a charge and then a credit on my accounts. But instead, it had all been handled on the invoices before any of the charges took place. So the discount was already in there. It was built in. No big deal. With all of that drama going on, I also decided to use my time waiting constructively by doing a few case mods. I wanted some more color on my old black box, so I grabbed some spray paint and went to town. I was super lazy about it, and I didn't prep anything aside from masking out a pattern on the case to paint. This means that all of this paint will chip off very soon, and I really don't care. The case won't really be handled much, if ever, so eh. As for major mods, I cut a bigger hole in the front panel and faceplate to get more airflow into the case. I lined that opening with metal mesh, stacked two sweet blue LED lit fans inside the new hole that I cut out, and other than that, just used like a string of blue LEDs for the inside and I was done. Now the case has some simple metallic blue racing stripes if you want, and a nice blue glow. Good enough for me. From there, based off of the shipping details, I set up a build date with Max. When the day came, we were ready. I had all the old crap out of the case and Max was bringing the thermal paste. We busted everything out of the boxes, which I resisted the temptation to open overnight, and we got to work. Now, this is by far the easiest part of building a PC. Actually putting it together. All of the stress of research and picking out and ordering and waiting and bleh. Everything just fits together like Legos when you have the right stuff. My case is big enough for a full-size motherboard, and the fat-ass GPU had plenty of space as well. The only issue we ran into that really almost broke the chain was my power supply. Now, the power supply on a PC is literally the heart that pumps sweet electrified blood through the system. I only looked at the total wattage on my old one and found that it was enough to cover my specs. But the shysters break down that wattage in sneaky dirtbag ways. There's six lines of 3-volt power coming out of it, but only one 12-volt. Well, that's fine for a simple dum-dum setup 10 years ago, but now? The damn thing didn't even have the 6-pin connector that the video card needed. So, basically, I was totally SOL. But I wasn't! Thankfully, the universe wanted this experiment to succeed and had the foresight to bless me with a banana sandwich twist of fate. When I built my recording booth, which I'm in right now, I bought 220mm computer case fans to use for ventilation. Guess where? The same butthole PC store that wouldn't sell me these new components. But the glory of the story is that when I told the owner at the time what I was doing, he asked how I was going to power the fans. Something at the time I had completely neglected to plan. So he did me a major favor 
and gave me a used power supply that he had sitting around with my purchase of the two fans. That son of a bitch actually worked perfectly for what I needed today. In freaking sane. Like I said though, from there, everything went off without a hitch. And when we finally fired it up, everything whirred to life and flickered up the motherboard control panel on the monitor. It was alive! And of course, I spent the next couple of hours installing Windows and downloading and installing updated drivers for everything, which is definitely not the most fun thing when you just want to fire up a damn game. So immediately after all that, I installed Steam right away, but I also found that Windows 10 is pretty pushy about their own games now too. But the first thing that I tried to run aside from all that was a benchmark app to see what this card and setup could really do. The program that I found was one that we had seen on one of the demo computers at Fry's. It just basically flies around a medieval castle that's floating in the sky and tries to push the limits of your setup. You could set it to like crazy high fidelity settings and see just how hard it stresses your computer. Problem was, the stupid thing wouldn't run, no matter what I did. There was some sort of DLL file that was missing or broken and after looking online and trying over and over to reinstall it, I started to get a little panicky. I was thinking something's desperately wrong. Like the, the how-tos were saying that it could be as bad as you have a bad installation of Windows, which would just be a little pain in the ass, but also that you could have like a bad hard drive or something. Like, ugh. At that point, it was time to try something else to see if this thing ended up being a brick after all. So the first couple of things I tried from there were a demo for the recent Doom game and another demo of Forza Horizon 3. Holy fart burgling penguins, Batman! It ran them both like a damn dream! I seriously could have passed out from sheer joy at this point. Not only did everything run without exploding or catching fire, but it actually ran very well. Ultra settings even! Squee! It was actually pretty hard to find anything else, as demos are not much of a thing these days. It costs money for developers to build a demo, as it's usually in addition to the rest of the game. But I did find on Steam in particular, the game demos don't come up when you just search for demos. Instead, you have to check out the main page for a game you're interested in, and lots of them actually have demos linked in there. It may just be that they're hosted outside of Steam, perhaps. But anyway, they are out there. Another one I tried, R Factor, is a racing game. It ran really well. I mean, it's not something that really does anything crazy graphically, but I know it does a lot processor-wise with physics and stuff behind the scenes, so pretty impressed that it ran without a hitch. It's in that niche of things that I want to start getting into a lot more, the online racing sims, because I've only been able to play Gran Turismo and Project Cars so far, but on PC there's like half a dozen different sim series out there, so looking forward to spending some more time in there. The last thing I tried out and the one that I've spent the most time on is actually EA's Origin service. So Origin is EA's storefront, similar to Steam, where you can buy and download their games. But for $4.99 a month or something like 20 some odd 30 bucks a year, you can play a bunch of free games too. They had like a few Need for Speed games, some recent sports titles like FIFA I think was on there. A bunch of SimCity games, as well as the Battlefield series and Battlefront. Woohoo! 
They also listed Battlefield 1 as coming soon, so I made the easy choice to plug down five buckaroonies for this superb short-term library. I grabbed Need for Speed from 2015 and SimCity, the newest one from a few years ago that everyone hated because it was online only but isn't online anymore, and once again, flawless performance. So good! The only problems I've had playing anything so far is the fact that every game defaults to medium or lower settings for everything. It seems to be like a sort of safe mode that the games auto-detect based on, I don't know, my setup. But I'm thinking it's just their way of ensuring the first time you boot the game, it's still 100% playable. And from there, you can notch it up to whatever your system's actually capable of doing. Pretty reasonable, but every game I start, I have to jack with the settings for a while, which is a little bothersome. Other little things that I've found were that a PS4 controller just plain works once connected via USB. Some games force me to find this other program that tricks the PC or game into thinking it's an Xbox controller to work, but it's been rad using it. My racing wheel for my PS4 works without any tinkering, as it has a PC mode built in. I still have to figure out how to make Forza feel right on it though. The cars were very twitchy from the little bit of wheel racing that I tried. Other than that, I found my setup to be just playing great for gaming, at or better than my initial goals demanded. I've even been able to play Battlefield 1 now, and after a little getting reacquainted with keyboard and mouse controls, I was landing in around third place on my team. Awesome! So, at the end of the day, I now have a quite capable PC at my control, one that displays better, faster graphics than a PS4 or X-Bone, and for a bit more dough, yes, but that also opens me up to an exponentially larger range of games than owning even every console on the market would afford me. So, PC Master Race, I now pronounce myself as one of you. As much as I put it off and scoffed at the thought, I'm here, I'm proud, and I'm ready to play some sweet-ass games. Now, though, that I blew up my budget a little, other projects may have to wait. But I'm still thinking the next step is a capture card, because I really want to start making some gameplay videos ASAP. But until then, I guess I will see you all on the interwebs, kitties. Thanks for listening. This has been... The Well-Adjusted Gamers. Great, budget-ish, low to mid-tier, hopefully not slow and late, worked out better than expected. My PC can beat up your console. PC built! Woo! Have a goose night.